This is Walker McKibben. Welcome to our Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. We continue to honor the memory of my dad and his contagious passion for hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. Over the next hour, you will hear from my dad's friends and colleagues as they reminisce about their experiences with him in the woods, on the water, and in the bleachers watching me play. Y'all close them eyes. This is. Let's go there in our mind. The Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. That's the prayer this country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Good morning and welcome to the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. And what will be the final Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. Jamie would have celebrated 20 years of doing this show here in 2011, but sadly, we lost Jamie and one of his best friends, Bud Miller, on November 16th of 2020. We closed this tribute series, and we're going to focus on Jamie's love for his family and the outdoors. And it's not surprising in the least that these passions would often cross paths or that while supporting his son on the baseball diamond, he'd find someone to inspire. Uh, I'm Brandon Fox, and I met Jamie about eight, nine years ago through uh, our kids playing baseball together. And, you know, and he had a love and passion for hunting and fishing, and I did as well. So we'd always exchange stories and, you know, pictures and all that. And, I imagine the first time you met him, you eight years ago. How old's your kid now? Fifteen. So your kid's seven years old. You're both talking. You're looking out there on the on the diamond, and he probably knew your life story after the first time you met. Yeah, yeah, he was a great guy. He could uh, just pull it right out of you. I mean, he instantly made you feel comfortable. Yep, listener. He was a listener. Always, always wanted to hear your story. Did you ever get a chance to go out with Ye- Jamie? Yeah, I did, uh, you know, through, he's, he always wanted to get me out on uh, Lake Erie walleye fishing and, you know, schedules conflicting and, you know, our inclement weather, we weren't able to go. And then a couple uh, years ago, he said, uh, you want to go, you want to go fishing this weekend? I said, yeah, I'd love to. And, uh, ended up being him and Jamie and Mark Bacon and uh, Jeff Sales and I all went out and Jamie knew the weather wasn't the best for taking a first timer out and uh, but he was so determined that to get me out there that we went anyway and instead of canceling again he made sure we were going and it ended up being 15 mile an hour winds and the waves were, you know, for those guys, maybe not too bad, but we get out there and we're probably, I don't know, I'd assume a f- couple few miles out, you know, and we're going with the waves at first and I was fine. And then uh, Jamie set the boat to uh, autopilot and they started rolling into the side of the boat and I'm sitting there trying to hold it back trying to hold it back and you know my eyes are almost watering up and it's coming and I can't stop it (laughs) and I just looked at Jamie and I said I'm about to chum this water 
And he looks over at Jeff and says, what did you just say? And I said, I'm about to chum this water. And that's when I lost it and over the side of the boat and blowing chunks. And uh, needless to say, I cut our fishing trip short yeah. because he could tell I, I was, I said I was fine, but he could tell that uh, it wasn't fine. And we ended up heading in, you know, I, and later on, I apologized to him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry to cut your trip short. And he didn't care. He just wanted me, you know, he just wanted to get me out there fishing. He didn't He didn't care that, you know, his fishing trip was cut short. And, you know, immediately after he got home, he took his son and his buddy out fishing. So he's just a, a great guy. Always had a smile on his face and, you know. You got to see him as a dad, too. That that was something that always impressed me about him. Yeah. I really looked up to Jamie as a dad, you know. Admired him. Uh, great with kids. Great with all kids, you know. Always always wanted to see kids having fun. and uh, You know, whether it was his kid or anybody's kid, he was just a fun guy to be around and always make people laugh so you uh you knew him for eight years you went out on the boat once did you ever get out in the woods with him i we i did get out in the woods with him a little bit uh on the youth waterfall we took the boys out uh, a few years ago and got them out there i think they shot a few boxes of uh shells to you know a few ducks <laughs> that they retrieved but so you got into the the waterfowl because he wasn't into duck hunting until the last couple of years. Yeah, well, Walker, Walker really enjoys the waterfowl hunting. So, and I enjoy getting the kids out in the woods. And how important does he, is that? Oh, it's very important to get your kids out there and watch them be successful and just that experience to, you know, you see what a kid gets when they harvest their first duck or their first white tail you know there's nothing better than that there's something to be said about getting a kid out in the woods and uh it seems like today we are constantly communicating feel like we've always got to be talking we've always got to be doing something we've always got to be productive yeah and to get a kid out in the woods and just have them shut up yep stop and observe. That's got to be. That's got to be great to watch with your kid, man. Oh, it's it's an excellent. It's it's a great experience. I want. I would rather take a kid hunting than go hunting myself. Did you get a deer this year? Yeah, I got a couple. Yep, I got. A, my son got a couple, and the one I'm proudest of is my my niece. I'd been taking her out and had her in the blind for she spent 40 hours in the blind with me and uh, I think the first seven sits we never even saw a deer and I kept telling her you know be be patient it'll come you know you put your time in and eventually you'll get one and uh, was I think we were about four or five weeks in to the season and uh I took my son and my niece out, and uh, 
my niece was sitting with me and my son was sitting by himself. And my son calls me and says, voice shaking. He says, dad, I just, I just shot a pretty good eight point. I told my niece and she just looked deflated. You know, I said, well, look, he spent, he's got more hours in the blind than we do. And he just now got one. I said, so just be patient and stick with it. And eventually you'll get one, you know? And I'd be damned if it wasn't a hour later, here come this old white faced buck coming down the trail right to us and he got to 30 yards and he started turning and he got to 20 yards and stopped broadside and I'm shaking like a leaf, I can't breathe and I look over at her and she's just cool as could be and I'm like, put it right behind her shoulder and she was already on it, you know, and squeezed the trigger and smacked him and he took off and I grabbed her and started sh shaking her. I think I was a little more excited than she was, but. So uh, how many points? Uh, it ended up being an 11 point. Really? Yeah. Her first deer? Yes. So Patience, man. Yeah. Patience. How long after your son got that buck? An hour. An hour. So, you know, two kids and two bucks down. It was, it was an experience I'll never forget. So with Jamie, I know a lot of people, I know myself included, um, over the last few months, there's been times where I think about him, uh, he pops into my head uh, on a professional basis, on a personal level. What do you think is going to be the lasting, how are you going to remember Jamie McKibben? You know, one of the last conversations we had, I was... Uh kind of beating myself up over a, a buck I had shot and uh, had a little ground shrinkage to it. And I was talking to him and he told me, uh, you know, Fox, he said, sometimes you just got to take what the land gives you and I'll never forget those words. He was an awesome guy, he's, you know, best friend loving father and husband and I feel I'm a, a better person for having known Jamie McKibben Lazy yellow moon coming up tonight shining through the trees Crickets are singing and lightning bugs are floating on the breeze Baby get ready Welcome back to the Jamie McKibben Outdoors Show on Jackson's News Talk 970 AM, 101.5 FM, and Fox Sports 101.9 FM. This is the final Jamie McKibben Outdoors Show, and now we fully focus on Jamie's family. I think maybe one of the most difficult people, aside from your wife's father and mother, to impress and to become friends with, at times, can be your brother-in-law. And that's who we talk with next. Well, my name's Kevin Kuhn, and I had the pleasure of being Jamie McKibben's brother-in-law. He, he married my sister and, and took great care of her. You met Jamie McKibben 
around the time he was 23, 24 years old, somewhere in there when the, when Katina and and Jimmy started dating. What did you think of this uh, radio guy who was dating your sister and eventually eventually wanted to marry her? Well, first off, I, I didn't even register the fact that he was a radio personality. Um, I had been out of state, and uh, I was stationed in North Carolina, and I came back and um, started living around here and found out she was dating this guy who was an, an outdoorsman. And that was just, that was first and foremost. Um, my, my father and my mother and um, myself, and we, we just uh, adored the fact that um, he had a, a passion like like that of my father and I. So uh, it wasn't until later on that I realized he was a he was a radio personality. Wasn't anything. He didn't much like to talk about work. Well, he he didn't necessarily like to talk about work, but he was always tied to work. I mean, anytime we were getting together, every every uh, holiday, um, he was he was on his phone um, quite often and and just checking and always concerned with what was going on. And uh, of course. Um, you know, Thanksgiving um, would would often revolve around. Okay, you know, Jamie's going to have to work Friday, so um, you know we're going to have to do this and at this time and and, and Christmas alike. Um, but uh, the the funny thing was, uh, I, people that I grew up with, um, I grew up in Hudson, and so there's lots of people in this area that that hey, I hear Katina's dating the big dog, and um, that that was more um, people that I that I knew growing up that would mention things like that. So when was the first time you actually got to have an outdoor experience with Jamie? Do you remember that? I would have to say one of the one of the first times probably was uh, you know up at my parents. Uh, they live near Holton Lake, and and so it would have been um, wandering out on the ice and uh, um, setting some tip ups for Pike or something. It was you know Jamie was always the opportunist where wherever we were going or whatever was happening, there was there was always a, a way to um, get the shotguns out and maybe walk a field um, or or throw the bow in and and get a bow hunt in or uh, some tip-ups or some rods um you know there's just like everything else he 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 got everything out of every situation and if if it could involve the outdoors that was certainly something that that he was going to do as as you look back you never think you're going to look back on someone like the way we're looking back on jamie right now what's the thing that's resonating with you the most um, I would have to say, in the, you know, in the reflection and, and listening to the the first episode of of the show, is is friends and um, friends and colleagues reflect. Uh, you know, the camaraderie. Um, is something you focus on. I mean, um, you know, we did. He, Jamie would always. Uh, be able to figure out a, a time that we could get together and fish, and and it. It was for for me and him, trout fishing uh, near near Ludington. I can remember that he just always wanted to hit the rivers, and um, I, I can remember uh, one particular instance where uh, I had this this secret spot, so to speak, and. Um, 
you know, we, we went one morning and filled a creel up of, of really nice brown trout. And then from from there on out, I would get pictures every summer <laughs> of Jamie's um, collection of nice browns and, and walker as well from my secret spot. So <laughs> uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I heard you mention the fact that when you had met him, it was within a couple weeks and he was fishing off um, the, the break off my folks' dock. Yeah. yeah. Off yeah. your parents' dock. So uh, it, always the opportunist when it came to uh, when it came to hunting or fishing, and um, just that that's such a passion, and it was a, a, a one track mind kind of thing. Um, Walker has really gotten into the river fishing now. That was that was uh, when when talking to Walker about, and I'm, I'm going to try and quote this, and, and we'll hear from Walker coming up here in just a minute, but. I believe he said, going out to Lake Michigan and fishing for salmon, it's hurry up and wait, and let's stare at this, let's stare at that. With the river, you're constantly casting, and it's more engaging. And for a 14-year-old boy, man, you got to be doing something all the time. And, and uh, that my passion lies in that as well, steelhead and salmon fishing in the river. And I'd always tried figuring out a time where Jamie and I could get together and, and do that. And, um, you know, I'd, I have a style where I, I'm a fly fisherman, or I use fly rigs, I should say. And uh, I'd, I'd given Jamie uh, a reel for Christmas one year, and he didn't like the side that the reel handle was on. And so he thought that he could just spin the reel around and, and have the handle on the other side and then we got together and he's like i just can't figure out what's wrong with this reel the drag's all messed up and the problem was you can't just simply flip the reel around and and put it on the other side you know and so it wasn't functioning right so i was always in the in the back of my mind i wanted to to be able to have an outing where i could you know we could just learn that style together and that didn't happen but it's um it's definitely going to happen with walker and i can't wait until this spring uh when the steelheads start filling up in those in those streams and um that's certainly a mission of mine is to uh to teach that particular style of fishing um to my nephew when is it what's the the first sign what gets you salivating when it comes to the spring and you look at that river well you the snow melt and the the first spring rains um you're looking for that river to hit about 40 41 degrees and then the those steelhead will begin to spawn and once the females are in there doing their thing then the males start piling up behind them and um and and i think that's what um young men like walker uh, and and my son who they're both the same age it, it takes the guesswork out of it you see the fish are there so you you know you know they're there it's not out on the big water where you're combing miles and miles um and covering uh you know uh, so much depth you, you don't have to do that when they're in the rivers jamie no doubt though got you out onto the boat on lake michigan uh well one time and it wasn't his boat and, really and the, and the the story is um I, to be honest with you i'm not a big fan uh i'm not a big fan of the big water i don't like walker i don't enjoy that um i, I you know i do enjoy walleye fishing and i, and I enjoy the the table fare um but uh, to catch uh, to catch salmon on, you know, 190 feet of line out and and very heavy equipment, I I just assume catch them on 10 pound test in the river when when they show up in in late August. Um, yeah. As convincing as Jamie McKibben was, 
and I swear he could convince anybody to do anything. It must have been the fact that you were his brother-in-law that he laid off because he could convince anyone to go out on the water with him. Well, like, you know, like I said, see, my in-laws live in Hart, and and so that's not far from Ludington. And so if we were on that side of the state at the same time, and and very hard to coordinate a a time when our kids weren't playing softball or baseball or something, the the, the weeks never matched up. And so if there was a time, it just made more sense that he could drive – he could get up early in the morning and drive south and I could drive a little bit north and and we could hit a trout stream together. And, you know, that was kind of, that was our thing. We did that. And I would just much rather do that than get trapped out on a boat um, and perhaps not have uh, any, any fish to catch and, and maybe get a little seasick. Um, I'd rather have my feet in the water underneath me with solid ground underneath them. Did you guys, uh, what's the most memorable hunting experience that you've had with Jamie? Or the most memorable outdoor experience that you've had? Well, there's there's several that, that pop up. Uh, the hunting experience was, you know, Jamie has several honey holes when it comes to bull hunting. And he has always been willing to set uh, my father and myself up. And I was a, a rookie bull hunter and... He he set me up in a tree stand and he said, "Whatever you do, you know, don't shoot this small buck that comes in." And um, lo and behold, the first deer that shows up is the world's smallest buck, and I am I'm. Uh, you know, a, a very young man who has not been a successful bow hunter yet. And the first thing I did was draw on that deer and m- completely missed it by a mile. Somehow managed to take the, the worst possible shot and basically skimmed a little bit of skin off that deer's nose. And it sat and walked around with a little bit of blood dripping off the bridge of its nose and seemed to mock me um, for about 45 minutes. And I, I debated on whether I was going to tell Jamie the story or not because I was so embarrassed that, one, um, I, I, I took a shot at that measly little buck, and two, that I, I missed by five feet of where I was aiming. So um, that, that, that is one of the, uh, one of the hunting um, memories that I'll have. Uh, but I'd say the, the greatest outdoor experience that I had with him actually came this past fall when we were on the Pier Marquette. We had met and, and we went, you know, it was September 18th-ish and the salmon should have been loaded in the river. And uh, it was a very cold morning and we got there before dark and I had my son, Colin, and, and he had Walker and, and Walker's good fishing buddy, Braden. And, um, you know, there were no fish in the river. Uh, to be had and the the boys they took off they were going to walk miles of stream and find some and and Jamie and I actually just sat down on the bank and and just had a uh, had a chance to catch up and and reflect and um, we had a conversation about Katina uh, because Katina and uh, and I are both teachers and this this COVID nightmare uh, has changed our jobs so much and you know I had um, he had asked me how it had changed my job and I had asked him how it had changed his and how Katina was handling it and he just told me a story about how she was so stressed out and and frustrated um 
and he he said to her, you know, who can I call? What can I do to help? the matter and and she had told him that there was only one person that could help her out and it was like a software issue or something and lo and behold um he asked her who that was and she told him and he immediately knew who the spouse of this person was and walked uh, walked away and and made a phone call and i don't even know if katina knows this yet made a phone call and uh, arranged for this this person's spouse to immediately help her with this software program and i th- i think that that just speaks volumes to um to, to who Jamie was and how many connections he had. And, you know, Mark had talked about this before. And, you know, he might not have been able to figure out how to get the job done on certain things, but he always knew who to call and who could help. What else do you want to say about Jamie? Um, you know, I just... Uh, the appreciation I have for the way he um, took care of my sister uh, is just something that my family and I will forever be grateful for. And, you know, I um, really just want to carry on the the love that he had for the outdoors and his passion for fishing and hunting. And, and they just really um, am, am consumed by the idea of, of having or wanting to do that uh, for his son going into the future. Um, you know, and uh, I, it, it's just, a, it's a more than, more than a passion now for me, it's a mission. Um, you know, I just, like everybody else, you can't say enough good things about him. I, uh, I'd never been down to what Katina and Walker referred to as the animal room until very early January of 2021. How much had that grown over the course of of you knowing him? Well, it used to be this neat, tidy little animal room. And now, it was, by animal room, what we're saying, this is where the mounts were. There, there was one small room that had mounts in a in a gun cabinet, and um, you know some decent bucks. And that is, uh, I mean. He now what he has is an entire downstairs with every uh, every wall, piece of wall space is covered with uh, true uh, whitetail trophies that would rival any any place any outdoor um, establishment that that features taxidermy. Um, these trophies that he has uh, would would rival any of them. I um, it, it, it's just amazing the the way. Um, the way his passion took him all over the country and the Midwest and the, the trophies that, that he's gathered since I first met him. I, I, I thought that when I was a young man first meeting him, I thought, wow, this guy's a, this guy's a stone-cold killer. These are some nice bucks. And since then, it's just ballooned tremendously. Could you ever get him to talk about it? Could you ever get him to brag about it at all? Uh, he wouldn't brag, but he loved to tell the stories of it, and and I loved to listen um, because, uh, you know, I the way my career is in, in education, and I'm a coach. Uh, my falls are taken up 
preparing for a wrestling season and and you know november is wrapped around that and that's my busiest time of year so i'd have a little bit of jealousy when um when he would be headed to kansas or iowa for the second time in a month and uh always bringing a trophy back there there's a little bit of jealousy there uh I, but um you know i admired i admired that he had that opportunity uh and and always always capitalized on it so as a father as a teacher and as a brother-in-law if you could have one more experience with him in the outdoors what would you want to do hands down it'd be with uh with our boys on the river no doubt in my mind i'd love to i I would just uh love to sit there on that bank with him and and sit there and have a cold drink and 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 watch two 14 year old boys that are a day uh, a day apart in age um whooping it up and uh chasing 20 pound fish down down around the bend and uh, getting drenched and taking photos and uh, you know just just enjoying that time. I, I can't think of a a, a, a better um, a, a better memory um, to to picture and uh, to to be able to live again. Y'all close them eyes. Let's go there in our minds. Hunting and fishing and loving every day. That's the prayer this country boy prays. It's the Jimmy McKibben Outdoor Show here on Jackson's WKHM, Jackson's News Talk 970 AM, 101.5 FM, and Fox Sports 101.9 FM. We go to the phone lines right now, and we are joined here on the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show by Katina McKibben. Good morning, Katina. Hi, Scott. Uh, it is great. I really appreciate you uh, being a part of the show here on the, on the last Jamie McKibben Outdoors show, and we are joined now by, well, we've heard so much about the Shupex Sporting Goods Archery League. You've been doing the Archery League now for 10 years. Well, I'm not doing it now, but I I was in it for 10 years with Jamie and Bud and Alan for all of them except for one. So Jamie and Bud remained partners, correct? Yes. Well, Jamie would never give up Bud for me. <laughs> well, we're joined now by your partner, and can you introduce yep. him for me? Yep, this is my partner, always, Alan Brissett. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. So when you hear that Jamie wouldn't give up Bud, how, how, how exactly does that work for you? Well, I had no complaints. I had the prettiest partner ever. <laughs> really. I, I, I enjoyed... I I guess I got to give you a little history though. I knew Katina before I did Jamie. Uh, she's my daughter's uh, favorite teacher ever, and my daughter just loved loves Katina really, and and that's how I met her by going to you know uh, the student when I'd go up there to talk about my daughter and that I met Katina and I just really loved talking to her and she said 
I think you'd really like my husband. And and I finally got to meet Jamie, and, and, and I really liked him, like everybody else, instantly. Where did you first meet him, Alan? Well, Katina, I'm going to have to use you for help because your memory is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I don't know. We they Katina and Jamie got to be family friends. You know, my wife and I would go out with them, and we had them here whenever we had get-togethers and that. They're just just really good friends. And yeah. like I said, you know, the, the fact that my daughter just loved Katina. So every time my daughter, she's a, a hairstylist in New York City, when she'd come home, we always had them over, you know, for a little visit and that, or Katina might run over to see her. It was always fun. So, so Jamie taught me how to shoot archery. He was my coach. And he was a very patient teacher. He was really good at, at teaching me. So we thought we would do the couples league on Friday nights originally. We didn't have Walker yet, <laughs> which actually there's a story about that too. But we didn't have Walker yet, um, and we did couples league. And it was on Friday nights. And for some reason we decided the next year not to book up our Friday nights, but we were going to shoot on Tuesdays. And on Tuesdays you didn't have to have partners. That's where... Alan really got to know Jamie because Alan was already shooting on Tuesdays. So we shot on Tuesdays without partners. They were single leagues. Um, and I was but there then, too, maybe. He just was up there all the time that Jamie was, basically. Um, so we got to know Alan even better through archery leagues up there. But Alan's right. We did originally meet at parent-teacher conferences, and we talked for an hour. And there were all these other parents that were waiting to talk, but... We just headed off right away. How did you guys do as a team? Were you were you right up there? So uh, what happened well. was Tuesdays you didn't have to have partners. And then we found, well, by then we had Walker. And so he was like three, and Jamie would have had to have archery leagues with me on Tuesday, partner leagues that are the really competitive ones on Wednesday with Bud, and then a lot of times he'd have remotes for the radio station because he was still doing the morning show, and he'd have those on Thursday or Friday. So it was just too many nights to be away from Walker. So we said, well, we have to consolidate. And the only thing we could figure out, because he said he would not give up his Wednesday nights with the guys up there, the really good shooters with Bud, he wouldn't give those up. So the only way that I could keep shooting archery and we could get down to less nights was if I got a partner and moved over to Wednesdays. So that's when I snagged up Alan. And then we moved to Wednesdays, so we were partners. And I guess you could say, like, we were in the middle of the pack. There, did Jamie keep giving you tips after you became a competitor? Because I know he was a, he was a very <laughs> rabid competitor. I wasn't any competition to him. He was like a hundred points or more above me every time. So yeah, he was still he was still my coach and my husband when we were up there. He was really helpful still. But we, Alan and I, just liked the talking part. Like we didn't. A lot of times we didn't even want to shoot the second half. We just wanted to sit on the tables and keep talking. Alan, well, especially at break time when we'd go next door for a little drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. But I got to tell you, Scott, Katina is being a little modest. She has the most beautiful form in, in, in archery. I mean, she has perfect form. 
And and you got to remember, she's not wasn't as dedicated as Jamie, so she you know she didn't shoot all the time. A lot of times, when we would start the league in the year, she said, "Well, I haven't shot my bow at all till now," you know. So, she, but but her form was perfect because she had such a great coach. What was the the highest you guys placed? Well, <laughs> I. Did, I think no, no. I got most improved one year. <laughs> yeah, I think so we both I, we, got we, most improved I, I once. I explained my archery. I was never a Robin Hood, you know, never very good, but I loved to hunt. And, of course, that's what bonded me to Jamie so much of, of my passion for hunting and, 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 and doing it with a bow and arrow. And I went to the leagues mainly just to make myself a better shot. You know how it is, Scott, if you – want to be better you run with better people and you get naturally get better and that's one of the reasons i enjoyed shooting with him you know uh bud of course trip and hawkins all them guys are super archers and and it rubbed off i w- i couldn't compete with them but I, it made me a better archer katina where did you end up uh did you ever end up actually getting in a blind and and, and going hunting or no i never had a desire to kill anything I did try to go and watch Jamie in one hunt, and it was a disaster, so I never did that again. (laughs) (laughs) How was it a disaster? Well, he made me climb this tree, and I was up so high. (laughs) The whole tree was moving back and forth. It wouldn't stop moving. I started hyperventilating a little. I was holding onto the branches with both of my arms. And I finally was like, Jamie, you have to come and get me. I can't get down and <laughs> ruined his spot for the night. And I had to drive his truck home and go get him later. And he, he had to go to a different spot. And that was my fill of that. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about getting out on Lake Michigan? Alan, uh, Katina, did you guys ever get out there together with Jamie doing some fishing? Uh, well, my Alan story on Lake Jamie Erie, fishing, right? I, when I retired, I wanted to make it a point to to maybe run with him a little more because I've always liked Jamie, and and he was walleye fishing down on Erie, so I kind of, you know, begged a a spot in. I know he had so many other friends and that, but he took me, and I I tell you, Scott, it was the worst fishing trip of my life. How so? It was cold, wet, windy, and it was just miserable. And of course, there was. Uh, Bacon was there, and Bud, and those guys there, they don't, I don't even think they felt the cold. I was freezing. I just wanted off, but when you go with Jamie, you don't leave the lake till you catch, you know, a lot of fish or your limit. Yeah. So I I told him when we got home, I said, that's the worst fishing trip I've ever been on. He said, well, it worked. I'll never have to take you again. (laughs) (laughs) And it did, too, because I was done. (laughs) And it's funny, because they gave me all the fish. (laughs) So it was, you know, yeah, he was dedicated to the sport. He was, you know, they have that saying that uh, 10% of the fishermen catch 90% of the fish, and he was one of them. He, If something didn't work, he was changing and doing all he could. To, he, he caught fish. Katina. He did it like it was his job, like he was an actual fisherman. Yep. Like he had to bring in a quota. Yeah, like that was his, you know, that's how you paid the rent or something. (laughs) But, yeah, I used to go out a lot with him. I never, um, well, I never had the hang of jigging for a while. I would go out on the boat. I would try. Um, Most 
honestly, though, I think I did a lot more salmon fishing on Lake Michigan, especially before we had Walker. Um, there's actually a funny story about that, too, that one, I was like eight and a half months pregnant, and we were salmon fishing, and it was just the two of us on the boat at night, and we hooked to these gigantic fish. I wish I could show you a picture right now. But we hooked these gigantic salmon. Well, Jamie had to be the one to go out on the back and net them because you're not going to put your really pregnant wife in that position. So that meant that I had to be the one to reel them in really pregnant. So these giant fish, I think it was Labor Day weekend, and Walker was born three weeks later. So I, I just love the fact that Jamie looked at his then eight and a half yeah. month pregnant wife and said, you know where we should go? Out in the <laughs> middle of a lake and let's do some fishing. Yeah. I had to figure out how to, usually you, you would brace the rod on, I mean, they're huge fish for me. You would usually brace them on your belly is what I had always done in the past, but I couldn't do that. So I had to like lodge myself against the side of the boat and then put the rod into my thigh, <laughs> brace myself so I didn't fall and I didn't hurt my belly and I could still catch the fish because we couldn't let the fish go. I remember at one point going, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he's like, yes, you can. <laughs> it was so stupid. I imagine the, the amount of times that you went out on the lake, you, you actually got uh, pretty good at setting lines, I would imagine. Oh, no, I had to drive the boat. Jamie set the lines. He was very particular. <laughs> he didn't do it like for fun he did it like it was his job you know so he was strategizing which lines to put where which ones would have the boards and i had to drive the boat and point it toward this little tiny dot so circling back to the archery league uh alan and katina if yeah. I were to look at the people that were in archery league on the couples night that was just so much, you did it for 10 years. How many of those people had been out on the boat with Jamie or out in the woods with Jamie or having some other experience other than archery? A lot I would say of probably them. half the guys on the Wednesday night have, have done other things with Jamie. You know, sometimes people came and went too. They weren't always the same guys from years year to year, but that's where we met Marty and he was on last weekend. Um, he was new to us from archery leagues. And through that, Jamie became friends with both of his sons who are in their thirties. Um, Chuck Greeby. And of course, all the people that Alan already mentioned, Hawk and Tim and Bud and Alan and good old Greg Burt. I don't know if Greg's ever gone out with Jamie, but he was a big part of archery leagues, him and, Don. Uh, last week, it was brought up that Jamie McKibben's bladder dictated uh, 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 and <laughs> the start time of the fishing trip. Did you ever experience that, Katina? Yeah, but it wasn't his bladder. It was his bowels. <laughs> <laughs> they dictated a lot of our lives together. <laughs> Alan, is there anything else you'd like to say about your experience in Archery League with, with Jamie and Katina and that whole crew and Bud and everybody? Oh, it was just a great time for me, really. I, I really was sad to give it up, you know. Uh, I, of course, shooting a crossbow now. I was, I was the old man up there, 
Tim Tripp always reminded me of that. I was I had a few months on him, so but but really Katina was so right when I enjoyed so much after the shot. Her and I'd go back and they always had bags of chips or some snacks and that and just talk and I enjoyed so much talking to Katina. The only thing was she remembers everything I said. And I can't even do that. She she would remind me, you know, you already told me that, Al. So I got I ran out of stories with her, but so enjoyed that. You know, in hindsight, I'm so glad we did that, or I, I was part of that. I know, those were awesome years. They were so much fun. And even there was a couple nights, Katina, I know one for sure that he couldn't go, so I picked you up. We went, yeah. remember? Yeah. He was up and, in the uh, Yeah, I just had so much fun with you. And Jamie, too. Jamie, you know, I did, I did again, I was there to, to improve my shooting skills, and I said, Jamie, what's the big secret? He said, Alan, there's no secret. You put the bull, uh, the pin on the bullseye and release the arrow. And that was his instructions to me. <laughs> I know. you got to breathe and just squeeze it. You can't punch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, Katina had perfect form. <laughs> She Thanks. looked like a pro I, anyway. I didn't have great <laughs> eyesight. Even with my glasses on, I couldn't see things that Jamie could see. Katina, I want to thank you for allowing me to to do this here on the Jamie McKibben Outdoors show. Today is the last uh, Jamie McKibben Outdoors show. I'd like to close the show with you. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Um, well, I want to say thank you to you for putting together these shows. They've been wonderful. You know, it's been 20 years that we gave up our Saturdays. So Jamie could do his favorite hour of radio in the whole week. I know he loved this show and all of the listeners and all of the friends and all of the memories. So I just really appreciate all of our sponsors and our listeners and our friends and everybody at the station that's helping. And I know Jamie would be really touched by everybody's kindness. 